0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the show that tells you exactly where you can stick your simpler times. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider.
1: I'm that other host, Dan Ludwig.
0: You just heard some brand new music from Max Ludwig uh who recorded the, our theme for us. Big props to Max. You can also hear Max's band, The Brothers Rye. Check them out uh, at BrothersRye.com.
1: That's probably their website handle. I imagine they got that domain.
0: <laughs> I, I hope so. Uh,
1: yeah, we didn't look into that at all. <laughs> we didn't that sounds check right.
0: Whatsoever.
1: That would suck shit if like a brewery got that. <laughs> and we just, like a sent...
0: distillery. we just we just sent everyone to like a local distillery in Ohio.
1: <laughs> their their website is the Brothers Dash Rye
0: yeah, whatever. It it'll probably be in the notes. Go- Google them.
1: Googled <laughs> Brothers Rye band, Max Ludwig? Question <laughs> <laughs> well, mark. Uh,
0: we'll we'll put the we'll put their link in the show notes, yeah. which is always a lie. That's a lie. No
1: one's ever put anything in show notes. No one's
0: ever done that in show notes. It's it's the biggest lie since brunch.
1: Brunch is great. What the fuck are you talking about? Brunch is a
0: lie, dude. It's a lie that we all tell ourselves. Like, Friday night, you're like, oh, let's have
1: brunch tomorrow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I let's used to- you not going to brunch. I... You're not going to fucking brunch. You know that you're not going to do that. I have enjoyed quite a few brunches, mostly when I was in my mid-20s. And, and br- now, never.
0: Brunch is good, but any person who says that they're going to go to brunch is a liar.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's always like, hey- I could go for a brunch right now. Are you also not hungover enough to do that?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Or so this
0: is a podcast about the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just two <laughs> dudes talking about brunch. You know, like millennials do. The brunch bunch of avocado toast. Am I right, Marty? Brunching Mayberry. That's nothing. That is nothing. <laughs> that is so almost impressively nothing. <laughs> Fucking a. <laughs>
0: As you can tell, we're blowing off some steam on on this episode. Um,
1: Uh, I'm in a foul fucking mood today. Uh, My work and personal life are terrible. So uh, to really kind of express that, I ate a chicken skewer from 7-Eleven. If During this recording, I start to become like pale or like wobbly. Should I bring in a bucket? You might want to bring in a bucket. Like – what? And My conscious brain told me to just get, like, the pizza or a taquito, and some primal, terrible part of my brain said, no, you deserve to eat a chicken skewer. Oh, my God, my man. Yeah. my what? I can feel the temperature of my body changing. If my vision starts to narrow, I'm going to give you a heads up. What is your,
0: like, angry food? I, I have, like, here in, in the city, we there's a small chain called crown fried chicken. Yeah. And crown fried chicken is... One of those places where most of the time you go and you order and you order from one side of a bulletproof glass. On the menu is mostly like fried chicken but also all sorts of fried foods and all basically – it doesn't matter what you order because it's all cooked in the same fucking fryer. Yeah. It is so gross.
1: It is repulsive.
0: And it is about once a year like when I'm like this is the worst I'm going to fucking feel all year. I go to eat. Crown fried chicken. Like this is my dirtbag meal.
1: The first meal I had in Philadelphia. Well, the first meal I had alone in Philadelphia, uh, when there was no one there to monitor my behavior was a crown fried chicken. I went and got an Italian cheeseburger, which is a cheesesteak roll, uh, two burger patties put on that, then fries on top of that, then just kind of lightly grazed with indistinguishable material sauces sauces of something um and i ate it all in one sitting and then fell asleep on my keyboard <laughs> i haven't really gone to Crown five Chicken since it's a terrible institution it's,
0: it's a horrible place and yeah about, about once a year when i'm like yeah you fucking deserve this you piece of shit yeah like, when my self-loathing is real is real heavy that's that's where i go
1: i don't think i have like angry foods i don't think i this is, I think, on a rare occasions I punish myself with food. Mostly, it's it's all it's comfort. I don't know what I. This is this is a first for me. I'm really I'm I'm excited to see where this journey takes me.
0: <laughs> oh my dude! <laughs> we might dude. be asked
1: to leave this studio.
0: <laughs> oh my dude! <laughs>
1: yeah, there's uh, gonna be like a sign up on the wall of of indie hall that just says like "Do not let this man record here," and just like my face on it, as you can imagine from the joke.
0: I want to give a shout-out to one of our fans, but I feel like it's almost insulting to to give to, him a shout-out right now. But to like, follow
1: me puking in the studio with his <laughs> – no, no, do the shout-out. Do the shout-out.
0: But I, I do want to give a shout-out Breaking Mayberry superfan Chris Hallberg.
1: Hey.
0: Chris Hallberg uh, heard so many jokes – heard us make many jokes in the last episode about the Breaking Mayberry bingo card mm-hmm. that he just went and programmed a site that randomizes Breaking Mayberry bingo cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it will be actually in the note. It's it's fucking randomized. Yeah, it's randomized. Like if you if you it allows you to pick how many slots you want uh, and allows you to uh, experiment with some stuff. And yeah, it is randomized. It will just generate random ones. So there's apparently a whole bunch of Breaking Mayberry tropes, a whole list that he thought of, and they will randomize it for you. Uh, the free space is of course Bob Sweeney. And yeah. now that I think about it, I should have saved free space on the Breaking Mayberry bingo card. Bob Sweeney. For later in the episode, but fuck me.
1: That would have been a whole thing to explain because then you would have had to like circle back and do the bingo card. There's a bingo card, check that shit out.
0: Yeah, anyway, yeah, those notes Link t- in the description. Links will be in the <laughs> description. Uh but right now, like hit pause if you want to play along, hit pause. Go make yourself a bingo card and play this episode. I Click saw- that link that will definitely be in the description. I saw that bingo card and then immediately convinced myself to forget every part of it. Because I don't want to know too much about it. Yeah. Because if I know that it exists, I'm going to start trying to direct the show towards the bingo yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. And no. that's that's going to be fucking terrible. That'll be like one of those like algorithm-written fucking YouTube videos. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. most of Netflix's output. Uh,
1: y- there's definitely never been an instance before of us getting in our head during the show and becoming inorganic. That would be a first.
0: Let's launch into today's episodes. We've probably got a twofer here. Um yeah. one of which is an episode of TV. The other isn't.
1: The other is a experience? The other is a is a trial of the will, which I failed. Uh I passed out. My normally I watch them twice. I watched this one once, put my head on the table. And started skipping ahead. This is the first time I've hit skip.
0: I, I also, I made good use of the uh, the Amazon Prime skip 10 seconds button uh, yeah. in this episode. Oh, are we
1: shart- starting with the one that's something or the one that's nothing?
0: Generally, our rule is that we start with the more interesting episode. Yeah. So, uh, it's also chronologically the first one. So, we are starting with Andy and, I'm sorry, Dan, Andy and the new mayor.
1: The new mayor. The evil mayor
0: the mayor the, not, sha-
1: the shadow mayor
0: not the mayor our beloved like tiny um, bear man
1: our beloved roly-poly little fool
0: uh no this is andy and the mayor
1: andy and the mayor yeah because he is he's sinister and evil he kind of looks like the mayor but more powerful so like, it, <laughs> like he's learned to wield the necroblade and has achieved a mortal life Andy and the New Mayor
0: uh, originally airs October 15th, 1962, written by Harvey Bullock and R. Allen Safian, and directed by guy with a goatee and sunglasses making a Facebook Live post from the front seat of his Ford F-150, Bob Sweeney.
1: Calls his pornography erotica, even though it's just Brazzers downloads, Bob Sweeney. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and here is your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Mayor Roy Stoner, his, by the way, his name is Mayor Stoner.
1: Nice. <laughs> Mayor Roy Stoner
0: does not like the way Andy does his job. In his overzealousness to find a harmless man released from jail, the mayor is treed by a bear. Come
1: on! (laughs) Damn it, Wikipedia! Come on, Wikipedia! (laughs) Get your shit together! (laughs) It's not even one whole two sentences! (laughs) Fuck! You Uh, could-
0: I- I- I blame myself for this one. I should have stopped after one sentence. The new mayor oh. does not like the way Andy does his job. The end. That's the, that's the description.
1: God damn it. Wikipedia, you asshole. So this one's weird. This one's pretty weird and kind of confusing, and I'm kind of all over the map on how I feel about it. Also, real quick thing, uh, a bit that we never actually followed through on is Batman critiquing Harvey Bullock's writing. His new character's a little thin, isn't it, Bullock? Just kind of a one-note antagonist. <laughs> Doesn't really have a satisfying payoff. It just kind of, just kind of ends.
0: Don't, I don't really, I don't really understand what you're going for with this. What? Like, there's, there's no conclusion. There's no falling action.
1: Did you forget to write the last scene where they resolve the bear attack? Was <laughs> that? Da, da,
0: na, <laughs> na, da, na, and then he just disappears out into the
1: night. Just like, Bullock just shakes his fist out the window, like. How do you keep finding me? No one asked your opinion, <laughs> Batman. You're not. You're not with the Writers Guild. <laughs> scab. <laughs> Batman would be a scab. Batman would fucking scab. Uh, all right. So uh, yeah, this episode is weird. This episode is confusing, and I guess we're gonna slowly piece together what the fuck its moral is.
0: So as I mentioned last time, uh, the le- episode two closes on a Barney phone fucking a joke, and episode three. Opens on a Barney phone fucking Juanita joke.
1: Pretty explicit too. Like Yeah.
0: It it, it it's it's pretty much just a continuation, I think, is my 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 headcanon.
1: Yeah, I mean like he's just kinda like he's not like, hey Juanita, do you wanna go out on a date? He's like, Hey Juanita, I know a really ge- I know a really great place by a lake where I can finger you in the back of my car. Like, it's pretty he He's not doing it like, do you want to go out and hold hands at the malt shop? He's like, do you want to go to some secluded woods together where it's dark and secluded? And my girlfriend can't find
0: us? Yeah, uh, it's so weird. I and mean, he's his breathing is really gross in this episode.
1: Domnats is making terrible choices.
0: Uh, his voice is gross, it's really disgusting, and uh, he basically tries to seduce Juanita by saying that he wants her to come over and I want to play a new record for you. Yeah, I mean i am got a record by Ted Weems. You, and then the laugh track laughs at Ted Weems? What? I had to look up who that was. And it's just like a band leader. It's just like a dude who, who made music. It's, is it just that his last name is Weems? What's the joke? Yeah, no, just like
1: weird dated reference. And put that in our new segment. What's the fucking joke here? Yeah. Is, was Ted Ween funny? Was he, like, well-known for being fuck-me? Was he the Barry White of back then? Oh, oh yeah. Maybe he was, like, The
0: Weeknd. <laughs> like, it was the kind of music It was just like, this is fucking music. Maybe. And, like, everyone knew if you knew, t- like, Ted Weems was fucking music.
1: Yeah. Wait, when you say band leader, was it, like... Like na 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 na
0: na 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 No more, more like he was like an orchestra leader. Like more like a like a Glenn Miller, like a nah, 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 nah. no na that That was the, literally the same thing. <laughs> you know, uh Glenn Miller, uh, like in the mood. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> horrible to fuck to <laughs> I, I have no idea, honestly. Uh apparently he attended the University of Pennsylvania. Um I'm How not... did
1: he die, Barney? <laughs> because we know th- we know that's where you're fucking going.
0: <laughs> he died of emphysema.
1: <laughs> that one's fine, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's <this laughs> that from smoking.
0: Probably. Yeah. yeah. Also, Ted. It doesn't count because Ted Weems isn't a guest star. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, so he's like yeah that Ted Weems is some real sultry stuff. It yeah. it soothes the savage in me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking
1: gross, Barney. So. Have you—I know we harp about Barney cheating on his girlfriend a lot. Is there any other thing where a major character has been actively having or trying to have an affair? I think, like, there's Niles.
0: Yeah, but Niles doesn't act on anything. He's just got a crush.
1: Yeah, he's just very horny.
0: The Fonz is constantly with other girls, but supposedly, like, his steady relationship is Pinky Tuscadero. Okay. But I think it's more that Pinky's also— like, hooking up with other dudes. They just kind of have, like, a real casual on-off okay. thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I've never, I can't think of a, of a sitcom character whose whole thing is I want to cheat so badly because yeah. I think we, we recognize that that's a disgusting thing and, he, like, not a thing for our likable protagonist
1: to do. It's insane. Like, I know, like, I harp about this constantly. It's so weird. It's, it's such a... It's so fucking weird. It's so weird that people weren't, like... Like, up in arms about this. They would be like, like, I don't want my kids watching the Andy Griffith show, which promotes infidelity. And it's so weird because this is the family values
0: show. Yeah. This is, like, the show about how America should be.
1: Yeah. Like, there was cursing on TV. I need to phone up my my local TV station. <laughs> Barney, try to fuck someone that's not your girlfriend. Go get it in, my boy. <laughs> Bust that nut. All right. <laughs>
0: And the other important part of this scene is we learn that Barney's wearing a new aftershave, and everyone fucking hates it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's basically the uh, the the sexual Panther. Yeah, yeah. The it, se- from Anchorman.
0: Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, what was it was a Steel Panther. Steel Panther from from Anchorman.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think either of us got that right, but we're
0: not gonna look it up. No, fuck that. Uh, it's called Paris Nights. <laughs> it's famous stuff. uh andy gives him some shit about the cologne everyone kind of agrees that this cologne smells like paint or paint thinner yeah um and andy's like what the fuck dude you smell awful his, he checks his watch, and there's someone in the jail. It's Jess Morgan. Yeah. Jess Morgan is a moonshiner, because that's the only crime in Mayberry.
1: Do they specify that Jess Morgan is a moonshiner? Because yes. I was on the lookout for that, and I didn't hear it. They anything.
0: specify that he's a moonshiner, and he even says, like, you know moonshine is just my side gig. It never really hurt anyone. Yeah. Like...
1: They really go out of their way to establish, in no uncertain terms, moonshining is a victimless crime that everyone is cool with.
0: Yeah, not only that, everyone but Ben Weaver, because yeah. Ben Weaver sells, owns a liquor store. Um, and not only that, but like Andy, the, the whole point of this, the whole plot of this, is that Andy is letting Jess out of jail kind of early. He's letting him split his sentence in two. Mm-hmm. He's letting him serve a little bit of his sentence now. Go home, put his crops away so you know so they don't rot. So they don't rot or freeze before it gets too cold. Then come back and serve the rest of his sentence. Yeah. So to be clear here, this is a sustenance farmer who has no money. Yeah. And like will die,
1: mm-hmm. will
0: die if he does not get those vegetables into the barn. Yeah. And Andy is arresting him because he has a side hustle selling moonshine yeah like we the moonshiners in this have good fucking reason to be running moonshine yeah Ah. they're
1: all so all right okay all right so the primary conflict is should andy have let this moonshiner go out of jail split his sentence split his sentence which like we're all just kind of at home like yeah andy let him split his sentence that's so benevolent of you but also like if he can make decisions on who deserves to be in jail and when they should be in jail, why the fuck is he arresting these people?
0: Yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't arrest him at all if that's the thing, right? Yeah.
1: If it's no biggie and you don't really care, then just don't fucking arrest just him. Don't do it at all. Just like, be why, like just be like, hey man, we gotta bust your still. What's the purpose of any of it then? Why like, it's doing like time out. It's it's established
0: in this episode that Andy doesn't like Fill out a release form. Yeah,
1: none so of so there's no
0: not... records.
1: He's literally just doing like sit in the corner and think about what you've done.
0: Yeah, so 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 there's no there's no record of him doing any of
1: this, and none of them are like penitent. They're not. They're never like I'm not gonna do it anymore. They're like, hey man, you got me. I'm gonna do this again. I'm just gonna try to not get caught, but not too hard because there's no consequences when I get caught. And Andy's like. Cool. I don't really give a shit. That's that's what, that's the role. Yeah, and it's just like, then why are you doing any What's of this? What's the point of this? Which, yeah.
0: So so the other development is that Andy has a meeting with the new mayor, Mayor yeah. Stoner, and he's a little bit late for <laughs> like weed. Yeah, uh, Mayor Four Twenty plays it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and fingerless gloves. <sighs> Apparently, that morning. Opie and Andy had gone fishing. And Opie's just walking around with a fish now? Just chilling he's with just a hanging. fish. It's like, like it's a toy, like it's a yo-yo. <laughs> and he like he's not even playing with it. He just kinda like holds it and just looks at it. He's just like this sure is a fish I caught.
1: He struck two kids with that fish on the way there. Like, he was just like, I gotta go do some stuff with this fish, and just like broadside slapped a boy with it, and then was like, Alright, time to go eat this. So <laughs>
0: So the mayor calls, Barney picks up the phone, the mayor's pissed because Andy is late for their meeting. Yeah. And Andy's like, well, that's no fucking big deal, whatever, it's good for a man to get a little mad every now and then early in the morning. <laughs> Strokes up the blood.
1: It is, alright, Andy is bizarrely laconic this He's entire time. He's
0: so nonchalant about this. To
1: the point of being fucking weird. Like, is he on a new med? Like, what the fuck it's, is going it's on? It's super
0: weird how Andy doesn't seem to give a shit about anything in this episode yeah what i was going to say we get to the mayor's office and what i was going to say dan is i kind of like the new mayor i don't like the character but i like the role that he plays i like that andy has an antagonist
1: yeah he he is there is someone with authority authority over andy that andy now has to define his worldview against
0: yes yeah so like there's a person there that can actually other than ben weaver Whose like authority over Andy was always kind of weirdly defined. Yeah. Ben Weaver was always like, I know people. Yeah,
1: I can I have vague rich people powers. Yeah. And meanwhile, the new mayor is like, I'm the fucking mayor. I'm your boss.
0: Yes. So yeah. the mayor has actual authority over Andy.
1: This show was was desperately in need of a skeletor figure.
0: And that's what he is. And he's yeah. and he's so uptight and angry about everything. And it makes Andy's weird, like, nonchalant l- laconicness, yeah. as you put it, just seem so much stranger. For example, right, so the mayor walks in, and the mayor is mad. He's really uptight. He's like, what the hell? Well, you're late. Where have you been? Andy gestures to how there are a bunch of empty chairs, mm-hmm. and he says, well, I thought there was a meeting. And the mayor goes, yeah, there was a meeting an hour and ten minutes ago. Yeah. And, and Andy's like, "Oh, I guess I I took Opie in and I just I lost track of time. How am I supposed to be on Andy's side that's here? That's
1: very rude. <laughs> that's so mean. It's not just
0: one person here. It's apparently a whole group of people you kept waiting.
1: And you're the sheriff who has been slowly consolidating power over the last two seasons. How am I supposed to be on Andy's side here at all? Oh, he was big dicking the new mayor.
0: Oh, oh, that's they, exactly. This what it was. was a
1: show of power. It was.
0: It was. It was a. It was a jerk-off move.
1: Yeah, I'm going to not show up to your fucking meeting and you can't do shit about it. Okay. Well, that just makes me – that just makes it worse. Yeah. He's clearly being antagonistic from the get-go. Yeah, it's very rude. All right, so over the course of this, so the mayor's – the mayor essentially says, like, I'm going to do a top-to-bottom audit of this state government to do a report to the governor. I need to make sure everything about this town is in working order and serving the citizens ideally. I'm going to do an audit at you. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. That's something I would expect a mayor to do. So we, this is something we're going to have to figure out. I think the mayor is wrong, bad, bad, bad guy, bad man. But like the percentage to which he's wrong because his basic argument is like the people deserve a well-functioning government right. that abides by the rules of a government.
0: Yes. So we, we get our first crack at this. This is the first time that somebody's actually brought up the fact that Andy doesn't carry a gun.
1: Yeah. There we go. Which be. was,
0: by the way, the entire premise for this <laughs> fucking podcast. Because
1: we thought that the Andy Griffith show was going to be so, like, such a middle finger to Republicans.
0: It turns out we were very wrong. But hey, they, Bill O'Reilly, that's one for me. Yeah. One point
1: for me. One, just because you've run away with a game for the last how long have you been doing this year and a half it's almost two years now oh, yeah. for the last two years we're on the board so
0: yeah um suck
1: our dicks
0: <laughs> so yeah the, the mayor makes it real clear like he's upset that andy doesn't carry a gun yeah and he's really irritated by that and andy says man if i'm in a situation where i gotta shoot someone i'll get a gun but i don't need to just be walking around with my gun yeah. all the time
1: he doesn't necessarily make an anti-gun argument he's it's because it's it's not it's not really an anti-gun argument it's just more of a because he doesn't say he, there's that big thing that we're waiting for which is just his reason to not carry a gun right this is this
0: isn't him justifying it it's just him saying no yeah Nuh-uh.
1: i mean it's the same argument he made for why he's not gonna learn karate where he's like if someone's coming at me and trying to kill me i'll just run away Yeah, so it doesn't really carry a lot of weight because it's like, well, what if there's a dangerous lunatic? Well, I'll leave and I'll go get a gun and then I'll come back. And it's like, what if someone comes at you with a knife? I'll run away as fast as I can. I mean, okay,
0: to be fair, like, this works for Andy because it's been proven that Andy has balls of steel and yeah. will just walk up to a fucking firearm. Yeah. Just, like, if you're shooting yeah. at him, he'll just walk right in.
1: Yeah, he that does, that is true. He just has the power to just kind of, like, n- his power is just no one wants to shoot him. <laughs> That's it. That's what it comes down to.
0: He he even says something like, uh, you know, over in, in London, the cops don't even carry guns.
1: That line rules. Yeah,
0: he's like... Over in London, uh, all they have are sticks. Do you want me and Barney to go get a couple of sticks?
1: Which, like, I mean, yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah,
0: <laughs> go find, go get some sticks. That sounds good. Yeah, he's just got such, he's just got such a middle finger and just such disdain for this dude. Yeah, uh, who has the same amount of disdain for them. I, I that
1: is the the line that is fairly gun control.
0: I think we mentioned it before, this is one of the few times when we've just seen Andy just have no respect for a guy. Yeah. Most of the time, even people he doesn't like, Andy's, like, got a little... Andy's Andy's just straight up giving, like, fuck this guy. He didn't vote for him.
1: Yeah, he didn't even, like, all right, normally when Andy is like, hey, I don't care for you or your whole deal, he explains himself. Yeah. Like, he gives an argument. Like, I was expecting for, like, the gun thing for him to be like, well, all right, here's a reason why I don't think a sheriff should carry a gun and he's just like nah nah nah, nah and fuck you like, yeah and he's like well why don't you document all of your arrests because fuck you just, that's why because he because because i'm annie fucking taylor yeah eat my ass like oh here's here i'll document it oh it's a drawing of my cock how about that <laughs> notarize it like it's like it's he he's just like he doesn't make any arguments he's just like no he just leans into the mic and he's like um, uh, I I'd like to say under oath that you can fuck yourself sideways.
0: It's just like, all right, write write your fucking letter to the government, bitch. Yeah, <laughs>
1: whatever. I mean, can the stenographer read that back to me? <laughs> that you fuck, dog. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, so that's it. Andy just fucking hates this mayor, and, <laughs> yeah. and the mayor fucking hates him.
1: Not even, like, Welcome hates to him. season
0: three. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not even hates him, just has a complete and utter disregard for this man.
0: Just an open contempt, I would say. Yeah. Just, like, does not give a shit about him. And that's going to come into play right now. Uh, back at the jail, mm-hmm. uh, a, a woman comes in, Mrs. Ambrose, uh, and she drops off her baby. Yeah. I guess it's a regular thing. She comes into town. She drops her baby off at of the jail, and Barney watches over the baby while she goes and gets groceries and stuff. Whatever. Uh, there's more shtick with the perfume. Andy or Opie just rats out Barney when Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Ambrose is like, "What's that smell?" And Opie's like, "It's Barney's new perfume," <laughs> and Barney's just like, "I'm gonna murder this small child." Yeah. Uh, Why is
1: this small child God put me on blast? Although, who gives a shit if this random lady yeah, thinks this, you have bad
0: perfume? I don't. Who cares, right? She's—I get she's married. Like this isn't a—you're not trying to get a third girl going on here, Belle.
1: Or like, it could be like she's about to go to wherever the women of Mayberry congregate and just be like, "Thelma Lou, your your boyfriend put on some terrible cologne for your date tonight." She's like, "Date, date tonight? tonight? What?
0: what? Yeah." Uh, speaking of which, we get more phone fucking with Monita. She calls back, and oh my God. it just gets grosser and go. They like they start they start actually planning a date. They're gonna go basically, as you said, go park up by the duck pond and fuck. Yeah. Uh, old Barney boy gets a kissing face in order to get rid of Opie. Barney gives Opie some money, and Opie puts his fish in the top drawer for reasons. Yeah. Uh, and then runs away. Andy and the mayor come in. The mayor is being very uptight. He wants to see some of the records, some of the files. Barney's fumbling around. More stupid perfume gags, more Juanita gags. Finally, the the payoff of the gag that I just mentioned. The mayor sits at the desk. He's about to write something down. He reaches into the drawer to get a pencil. Handful of fish.
1: Yeah, but, um, shh.
0: Yeah, I, I laughed at it. Yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. Then the baby starts to the cry. The payoff
1: for Chekhov's fish kind of came a little early, don't you think, Bullock? You could have kind of let that stew for at least half a scene.
0: So then the baby starts to cry. Remember how there was a baby and now, uh, now we get more of our bad guy? He hates babies! He's anti-baby! He doesn't want there to be a baby in the jail, which, when you put it that way, makes him seem like the good guy?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, probably shouldn't be a baby in a place that typically has... Criminals. I mean, yes, great law enforcement doing. I don't know. But just
0: get a crib. Get just, a like. There's no reason for the baby to be hanging out in the jail cell. Although, although our jail cells are basically dorm rooms. Yeah. In Mayberry.
1: But also, they frequently lock themselves in the jail cells.
0: Yeah, that's true. You probably shouldn't put the baby behind a lockable door.
1: You know what? I'm gonna take the stance keep the baby in the in the jail cool ha- hang out at the desk of the baby don't put the baby in a jail cell yeah the baby could be right there just get just get a bassinet or something i'm going to say i'm going to take a pretty hard stance babies under no circumstances should ever be in jail cells <laughs> no matter who's with them
0: yeah no i'm 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 going to say that we are anti putting babies in jail cells
1: yeah cultural commentary yeah yeah, Just
0: kind of. Yeah, danced around. It's that. It's
1: important to vote. <laughs> danced around that shit. <laughs> the mayor highlights a bunch of things, and he basically says like, "You're not filing reports. You're not doing firearms. You're this this whole thing is is kind mostly his big thing is like there are no reports. You're yeah, not yeah. logging your arrests. And then
0: we we get to the key thing, which is that Jess's wife comes to pick him up. Mm-hmm. They release Jess, and that's when uh when the mayor's like okay so you're going to fill out a release form or and Andy's like no 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 and then he he tells Jess okay Jess make sure you come back on Friday you're supposed to be back Friday at 5 and the mayor's like what what do you mean he's got to be back Friday at 5 and that's when they explain the thing we just explained which is that he's letting Jess split his sentence he's got to come back later yeah the mayor gets mad about this
1: okay so releasing people from prison temporarily due to urgent situations has been known to happen. It is a thing you can do. You can let people out of jail to, like, attend the deaths of loved ones and shit like that. It doesn't happen nearly as much as it should, but it happens. Yeah. You just gotta fill out a fucking form.
0: I, I really I have no real problem with what Andy is doing.
1: No. But like, all right, the mayor's big thing is like, hey, you're not documenting everything. And like at the home audience is supposed to be like, ha, fuck you and your bureaucracy. But I'm also like, that's how you prevent civil rights abuses. Yeah. Right. Is you document shit.
0: So the mayor gets really mad about this. He's just, he repeats himself numerous times. This could result in severe, severe disciplinary actions. Is that clear? Is that clear? Harumph. Harumph. He harumphs away. And then Andy's like, So Friday? And just lets him go immediately.
1: Again, this, it's kind of great on like this show that's all hugs and cuddles to just see a man display open, unrestrained contempt for another man. Just like, you're nothing to me your words are just noise i don't even i'm not even going to spare the brain cells to interpret what they mean he he doesn't think about it for a second he doesn't consider any of it i would walk through you like you're missed if you stood in between me and a thing i wanted i would simply pass through you you are nothing
0: So yeah, so they they let him go. Jess is like, man, with a mayor like that, I got half a mind not to come back. And Barney, of course, takes this seriously as yeah. Barney
1: should. Yeah, which they they don't even do like a hey man, that's not funny. Come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's like no, dude, you can't say shit like that.
1: Yeah, like we just I you just watched us put you our asses on the line. Just saw that. <laughs> yeah, like just even a little like hey dude, come on, come on, man. We're all having fun here. Come on, yeah.
0: Uh, two days later, Barney is keeping the jailhouse locked. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, Andy comes, Andy comes to work, finds out that the door is locked, gets Barney to let him in. They have, like, a three-minute conversation, and then Andy says, all right, well, I'm going home to eat lunch.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, is he on, like, fucking Zoloft now, or what? Like, is he just getting used to it? nothing phases him.
0: Yeah, he shows up, I assume, in the morning, right? Like, like it looks like he's gotten dressed and he's coming to work, and then he's there, and then he just leaves again.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, so it's one thing to have, like, complete utter disregard for this new mayor who he believes to be a fuckface. Cool, tight, awesome. His deputy uh, is terrified of losing his job. Right. And he's not like, hey, man, don't worry. I got us. You're not gonna lose your job. He's just like... Because Whatever,
0: why? You... Andy's whole thing is, eh, don't think about it. Yeah, yeah, is insane. But Barney is like, he's keeping the jailhouse locked. He's paranoid. He's like, can we can we just go get Jess right now? Like, yeah, we've gotten really lucky the past two days. What happens if the mayor decides to show up? Yeah, like, what's gonna happen? Can we just go get him right now? Andy, of course, says no. We can't go get Jess. That shows that we don't trust Jess. And like,
1: he says, all he has is his word. So if we tell him that, that means nothing. Then he has nothing left, which feels pretty condescending now that I'm saying it. Yeah, you
0: say it out loud. I, You know, the, the overall theme of this show, of this season, it seems like, is something I generally like, which is, like, faith in people. Yeah. Having faith in other people. I'm okay with that. But, man, Andy, you do have a job, right? You know that, like, you have to go look at things occasionally.
1: Well, like, okay. Like,
0: it's like he uses his faith in other people as an excuse to never check on anything
1: ever. Yeah, like, it's a worldview that is in no way exportable to a macro scale. Yeah. Where he's like, well, bureaucracy just gets in the way of, of people. And, you know, trust. I know this guy. He knows me. And it's like, all right, so this is a fucking worldview. Where do you is there if there's a lesson here, you can't apply it literally anywhere else.
0: <laughs> outside the jailhouse. So like Andy leaves, right? He's like, Well fuck it, time for me to go home. Yeah. Uh he leaves, he goes to eat lunch. Uh the mayor is outside of the jailhouse down the street at the barber shop. Yeah. He meets Barney on the street. Barney's trying to duck him, it doesn't work. Uh, And he says, I'm going to come by the jailhouse now. I want to go finish reading that file that you showed me the other day. Barney panics. Barney runs into the jail. He dives into the bed of the jail cell. He pretends that he's going to be Jess and asleep. So, it's a Uh, stupid plan.
1: It's arguably worse. (laughs) It's worse. Like Instead of it being, hey, the thing we told you was going to happen, it's, hey, let's do a completely different thing that is... Instead of it being what my my boss giving you the middle finger, um, it's now me being horribly derelict in my duty. Yeah, it's
0: it's just, now it's not just him that's that's like spiteful of you. It's both of us being completely incompetent.
1: <laughs> Let's replace some mild rebellion with some gross, dangerous negligence. Because it's like if that guy choked or like had a heart attack, boom, dead.
0: Yeah. So the the mayor comes in. He's like. Well, you left this fucking prisoner unguarded. What the hell? Jesus. So he leaves and also leaves the prisoner unguarded, but then again, it's not really his job. He gets mad and he leaves and he drives up to Andy's house.
1: This is a, a diehard ass plan of like, to cover up my bank robbery, I'm going to do a 9-11. Yeah, it's
0: <laughs> so fucking dumb. Like, he yeah. doesn't think, I mean... I'm going to go ahead and just say it's in character because Barney doesn't have a lot of foresight. Yeah. So the mayor pulls up to Andy's house and he's just like, I went to the jail and I saw that there was no one there. And Andy's like, oh, well, here's the reason for that. And then he confesses. He's like, yeah, I did what I said I was going to do. I let Jess go. Yeah. Yeah. The mayor puts two and two together. He's like, what do you mean you just let Jess go? Oh, you son of a bitch.
1: Mayor's kind of smart. Mayor's yeah. pretty smart for an Andy Griffith show character. Yeah. He's f- picking up on shit.
0: He figures out what's going on. He says, get back there now. Yeah. And he drives back, back to the jailhouse. The mayor comes in and he starts fucking with Barney. Yeah. Barney is in, in a different cell, by the way. I noticed <laughs> that he switches cells each time. Um, <laughs> it's and dumbass he, show. The mayor comes in and starts fucking so with Barney. So could you not get a
1: script supervisor, Bullock? Like... <laughs> Was production a little thin today? I know this isn't technically your job, but it's your words being interpreted. You should have some pride in your work. The mayor comes in and he
0: just starts fucking with Barney. He's like, hey, hey, Jess. I thought about it and uh, Andy's right. Maybe I should let you go. And Barney's like, nah. <laughs> Yeah, are you sure? I mean, you wanted to get home to your crops, right? Then he basically, he, once Andy gets there, he's just like,
1: hey. Check this shit. Check out what your dumbass deputy is doing. Get the hell out! Yeah. Come on, Fife. And then Andy's not like like offers a defense. He's just like, yeah. Oh, oh come on, man. Yeah. yeah, he's just like, okay, cool. Like,
0: so the the mayor and Andy go head to head over this, and Andy says like he's gonna be here. He's due back at five o'clock. He's gonna be here. The mayor threatens Andy's job. Yeah. Next shot is the clock. Five twenty-five. Yeah. It's five twenty-five. And we get this pretty good shot of Andy just sitting in his chair being desperate and frustrated.
1: Just not being, yeah. de- like, pissed. Yeah, he's just he's... pissed because, like, he really – it's weird. It's a very weird mo- mood that immediately comes off. Like, Andy Griffith is actually being a very good actor mm-hmm. because he's – he feels he – sh- he you can get the sense he is very certain. He is not wavering at his conviction for a second. He is very mad that he is being questioned in this. All
0: three men in this scene are doing fantastic work. Yeah. Right? Can we
1: just say, new mayor, pretty good actor. They don't give him a lot to do besides shake his fist, but he makes a meal out of the shit that, that they give him.
0: So the, the mayor is just like, this is right. Andy's idea is like, well, something definitely must have happened. So he says, right, come on, get in the car. We're going to go up to Jess's house and see what's happened. And the mayor's basically like, he's not coming back, dude. He's gone. He fled well, he fled over moonshining <laughs> charges. Yeah.
1: He he fled and abandoned his wife and farm yeah. over moonshining let's, charges. Let's
0: let's be clear here. Like, I understand where the mayor is coming from, but his logic is lacking. I think I think that's the deal with this character, is they make him so rigid, so inflexible, that like the logic of what he's doing doesn't make sense. He looked, that, That's kind of the point of the gun thing, right? Yeah. Is that, like, he wants Andy to have a gun because cops have guns. And yeah. that's that's a rigid, inflexible rule. Uh, But he can't really say, why do cops have guns?
1: I mean, it's a thing that has happened to us many times on the show where we're like, Andy is grossly negligent. He's abusive. He consolidates power. He's a bad person. And then, like, an authority figure shows up and we're like yeah! And then they're like, as an authority figure, I want you to be worse at your job! Yes! You're not being cruel enough! Grump! Yes. It's happened to us so many times that now, like, we didn't even have a moment of hope. Like, <laughs> an authority figure showed up, and we were like, alright. All right. Yeah, 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 we're so beaten down.
0: They drive up to Jess's house. They pretty much get to the, to the driveway. Uh, they step out, because they're going to take a little path up to his house, and then Barney points out, oh shit, there's Jess. He's up in a tree uh and jess
1: this is a great fucking scene
0: this is such a good bit they're like why are you in that tree come down from there and just like no i'm not gonna come down sorry the mayor's like well if you're not gonna come down i'm gonna go up there and get you yeah and jess is like i wouldn't do that if i were you and Barney, and Barney and Andy are just like, wonder why he's not coming down. Anyway, there's the a mayor bear. The mayor gets
1: mauled by a fucking bear. It's just like, they do one quick shot. They don't establish it for very long. They do one quick shot. And then the time it takes for the audience to say, is that a fucking bear? The mayor is just going down. He's just like, just like getting pulled down into just a bush.
0: The Revenant. It's like he's Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> in The Revenant. And by the way, let me point
1: out, this is
0: not like a man in a bear suit. It's not like... They made a paper... No, it's a live a bear. a
1: fucking bear. They brought a live they, bear. They, I'm not unsure that they didn't have that bear actually attack that man a little bit. I don't think they told the guy that plays the mayor that there was going to be a bear or that it was going to be a
0: real bear. Yeah, there's a real bear. And the mayor climbs up the tree and he's like disheveled. He's fucked up, you know, and...
1: I kind of want you to bleep out the Wikipedia summary because it's pretty fucking funny (laughs) that there's a bear there. There's a fucking bear it's like it comes out of nowhere there's no fucking bear there's no Chekhov's bear (laughs) there's not like a thing in the news where Andy's like oh man the bears. bears are getting real rowdy this season they've been chasing people into trees all over town it's just like man how will Andy ever get out of this situation bear fuck bear bear and then, like, the mayor climbs up
0: the tree, which, by the way, bears famously not able to climb trees, right? They hate going there's up trees. No, no, there's been no record of a bear ever getting into, into a tree.
1: That's definitely a thing they taught me as a small child is if I'm ever attacked by a bear,
0: get up in that tree. Just always up in that tree. Bears so, hate trees. So the mayor climbs up the tree. Operating by poo bear logic. And and Jess is Jess is just like, I tried to tell you, mayor, which, no, you didn't.
1: No, you, he very much doesn't. They're like... They're like, "Hey, Jess, come out of that tree," and he's like, "No," and then they're like, "Why?" He's like, "Don't worry about it." And then, <laughs> yeah. and then they're like, "Yeah." He, they're, he, they're like, "We're gonna come up that tree." That the mayor's like, "I'm gonna come up that tree," and he's like, "Oh no, stop!
0: He Don't has, come up this
1: tree. I'd hate that." He has like three or four lines, none of which are "There's a bear." There's a bear. He's and he's not like, "Hey, I'm afraid." He's just like. Just felt like being in this tree. Yeah, in tree. He doesn't act like he's scared of a bear. He just looks like he's just hanging
0: out in a tree. I (laughs) love this tree. This is my favorite tree.
1: I'll come down when I'm
0: goddamn done sitting in this tree. So, I mean, the bear, after mauling the mayor, chases Andy and Barney. And Andy and Barney get up on their (laughs) roof. And the bear crawls into the back seat of the squad (laughs) So, let's
1: make something very clear. The mayor is dead. (laughs) The mayor is fucking dead. He's bleeding out. dead. His intestines are at the base of that dream. Listen, people that that watch the episode are gonna know this isn't true, but people that didn't are gonna think that it's true. The mayor's fucking dead! They killed the mayor right away. I think this is the first on-screen fatality in breaking Mayberry hi- in Mayberry history, in Andy Griffith show history. That guy died. <laughs> the fuck? And
0: Andy's still yelling at him. Yeah! Andy's just standing on top the, of, the, so, of the roof of the car, just yeah. screaming, You fucking dick! <laughs> yeah. If you had listened to me, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't be here. There wouldn't be a bear in my fucking car if you would just listen to me, they, which is... A bit of a stretch of logic, Andy. I feel
1: like you're leaving out a couple of steps there, my dude. They would have had to go get him out of the tree. Right. He would have been in the tree regardless because the bear wasn't there because the mayor (laughs) didn't like be like, all right, before you go, I'm going to spray you with this bear lust spray. You know what would have been great is if the bear ran
0: away because of Barney's perfume. Yes. Damn it. That's, that's a, that would be an ending, I'm not saying it's going to be a good ending, but that would be an ending, because the episode just ends like that. The episode just ends with Andy yelling on top of the fucking uh, car
1: with a bear in his car. Marty, we've established a new paradigm. You need to do all script notes in Batman voice. Sorry,
0: sorry. So, you couldn't have done anything, you couldn't have put the A and the B plots back together here? We're just leaving that that string dangling? (laughs) That, that we're going with this. You did like three lines about the perfume. I, there was no payoff for the <laughs> perfume. Why did you harp that much on the perfume?
1: And then it just cuts to after. Yeah. There's literally a missing scene where they solve the bear problem. I need I... the most problem they've <laughs> ever had. <laughs> Literally, they've ha- they've gone out of their way to explain how pickle confusion has been resolved. <laughs> but when a- there's a bear attack, they're not like, and that's how we got rid of the bear. <laughs>
0: they're like, Just, you really painted yourself into a corner, didn't you, Bullock? <laughs> using the commercial break to get yourself out, that's, that's really coward's way.
1: Really that's clocked out way at way out. five, huh, Bullock? It's not one of your stronger efforts.
0: And that's the end of the episode. The next scene is just like, it's, it's done. Jess is back in jail. Jess, Barney's getting ready for his date by the duck pond. And the gag is that the mayor is cock blocking Barney because Andy comes in and he's like, oh, hey, uh, you going somewhere? Well, the mayor wants us to put up these no parking signs yeah. by the duck pond. <laughs> More like the fuck pond. Am I right? Yeah.
1: The nut pond. Nope, that was nothing. It's the fuck pond. I'm not... Delete that. Why would you, why would I you don't, try...
0: I don't why know. Why would you try to, to build off of that? I, don't,
1: I just want to be included. <laughs> I felt left out.
0: I, I feel like I very clearly put a period on that. You
1: did. You did, man. I Not I, everything needs to be yes-handed, Dan. Yeah. I, I'm proud of you. You did a really good job with that <laughs> bit. So Barney's horny at the end. <laughs> the end that's the end of the episode (laughs) batman swoops off into the night and it's just like if you held yourself to a higher standard as a writer i wouldn't have to do this uh do we want to do ratings for this episode uh yeah okay so well fuck we didn't we didn't figure out where we land so i think like 80 percent i'm like the mayor's the mayor's right The mayor is right, but he, like, at For the the wrong reasons. He's right about
0: the wrong things.
1: He gets there. Like, he's like, hey, you're not practicing proper, like, regulatory compliance. There's not enough oversight here. You're being wildly uh, abusive of your power. And that's why you need to be meaner to people. So it's like he gets so close to a good point.
0: It doesn't even make sense within the context of his argument, right? Because here's this guy. You don't like this guy. You... You think that he's doing everything wrong. You think that, like, he's wildly incompetent and shouldn't have this job. And yet you also think, he should have a gun.
1: Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense in the context of his relationship with Andy. Yeah. I But I'm just, like, I'm pretty on board with his overall agenda of, like, hey, let's make sure everybody in the government follows the rules. Yeah. I... Like, you can think, the, like, the rules are, are, like, are bad, but, and Andy is, like, doing a bad job job of enforcing them like he's he's practicing his own selective bias in enforcing the law terrible enforcing the law evenly amongst all people is better than is it? Fuck! I don't no, uh,
0: know. you're getting into some real you know, thorny philosophy oh, questions. Oh, damn it! That yeah, you are not equipped to answer no. after three high lifes.
1: Yep, yep, yep. I don't know, man. It's bad. It's confusing. They they really drum up an important point of like, should the law be enforced equally amongst all people or not? Or or no, not it anything.
0: doesn't. We're bringing up that We're point. Bringing, no, the it show does, doesn't bring up anything. The
1: show raises that initial question, and then its answer to that question is, Bear! Bear attack! <laughs> <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like, so, so listen, Which I hope is a thing that continues, where they're just like <laughs> anytime, there's like any like,
0: moral quandary that the bear runs like, in, like moral quandary attack bear,
1: bear. Like anytime someone incon like thematically inconvenient comes up, the writer is just like, all right, bust out the bear. Like someone's just someone just comes in hack move. Yeah, someone just walks in and it's just like, hey, have you noticed that there's no black people in this town? It's like bear, bear, bear. Uh,
0: really, really go into the mat with that bear, aren't you, Bullock?
1: <laughs> You're doing the bear again. It's the fourth time this season. Uh, okay. Uh, so-, so ratings.
0: Uh, so listen, as far as an Andy meter goes, the episode's like okay, writing wise. Yeah. Uh, normally I'd say it's like a six, but it also gets a plus two bear. Uh, yes. Initiative. I'm right? pro
1: bear. Yeah. Uh, on so one hand, that makes it an eight. None of the character decisions make any sense. The plot is nonsensical, nonsensical and confusing. Those two things, but also, fucking bear. A bear. There's what? a fucking bear. Plus two bear bonus. Plus two. So I'm going to put it at a four, but plus two for bear. Okay, I like this episode more
0: than you did because I've got an eight. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: It's, uh, you know, I'm going to actually put it at a five. It's a five. It's, okay. con- yeah. it's not terror. It's not offensive, but plus two for bear. Seven.
0: Okay. All um, right. Barney meter, like. Irritating shit. I mean, there's a it's a it's a weird quandary,
1: right? Uh, it's a fucking alien versus predator situation. Like it's like, <laughs> like it's no matter it's it's gross abuse of power versus uh, authoritarian boot on the neck of working people. Like either Andy has too much power as a sheriff. I don't even know which one is which. Is <laughs> either Andy is too powerful as a sheriff, or B this guy starves to death? So like, no no winning. So I I'd put that at like probably like a seven, but but bear bear. But so it's back down to five. (laughs) I was gonna give it a four. (laughs) (laughs) It's at a two for you. (laughs) We gotta honor the bear. Uh,
0: Okay, so next episode we can blow blow through this real fast
1: because it sucks. It sucks shit. We can, just, we can just do, like, the broad strokes and then kind of, like, talk about it, right? Yeah, I think, I think did so. You this, do, this did you actually do show notes on this I did wonderful.
0: show notes, but I don't give a shit. So let's go into this fucking garbage-ass episode. So we are talking about Season 3, Episode 4, Andy and Opie Bachelors. Originally airs October 22, 1962. Written by Everett Greenbaum and Jim Fritzel, And these guys suck. These are the guys who wrote the pregnancy episode that didn't have a woman. Fuck, age. these guys suck shit. And directed by, he has very strong opinions about family court, which can be read in decal form on the back of his Ford F-150, Bob Sweeney.
1: He has the words civility and decorum tattooed on his knuckles, Bob Sweeney. Those are like eight-letter words. I know, he's very bad at getting tattoos. <laughs> They're just, they, they start at the pinky and then like run along the side of his hand. <laughs> He's, he like, he's like, the, the tattoo artist was like, these aren't going to fit. And he's like, just throws more bills at him. He's just like, I shouldn't do it.
0: So, so Bob Sweeney has, has civvy and decor. <laughs> civvy yeah. and deco tattooed on his, on his.
1: <laughs> and people just keep bringing it up and he's just like, the wrists, look at the wrists. <laughs> so he wears a lot of driving gloves. Uh, so here's the one
0: sentence summary from Wikipedia. Andy and Opie have Peggy take care of them while Aunt B is away.
1: That's it! That's it! Okay, so can we can we just, like, fucking... Like, that's as much... So, Wikipedia gave that very little description, and I think we should honor that tradition by just basically just saying, like... So, here's
0: the deal. I don't know, like, long-time listeners of the show will know that... Well, that title will sound familiar because it sounds like the season one episode, Andy and Opie Housekeepers, because it's the same fucking I feel like we have done this
1: three times.
0: It's, okay, Aunt B leaves town, uh, and
1: The this, boys have to take care of themselves.
0: This Guess a, what ensue? It's antics. This is a combination of two regular tropes. Number one, the trope of the boys having to take care of themselves, and number two, the trope of Andy not knowing how fucking relationships work. Yeah. Basically, these two come to a head. I um, kinda
1: like that season three Andy is sort of a weird combination of season two and season one Andy.
0: Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad. It's kind
1: of better. Yeah, because it gives us something to yell about.
0: So, uh, Aunt B is going out of town to visit a family member for a few days. Uh, I'll just give the broad strokes. Aunt B leaves. Yeah, she asks Peggy to check in on the boys. Mm-hmm. Floyd overhears this. This episode's weird for Floyd, especially it's it's there's no uh, Barney Fife in this episode. Yeah, J- Don Knotts was somewhere else, so that means that Floyd has to step in. And fulfill the Don, the Don Knotts role. Which Don? also means that Floyd is just hanging around the jail sometimes for no reason. Yeah. Floyd gets into Andy's head. It's just like, you know she's coming over because she's you know trying to sneak. She's trying to get her way in, right? She yeah. wants to. She's trying to lock you down. She's trying to get that in there. That gets into Andy's head. And this is basically the episode. It's- Peggy does come over. Peggy does fix them dinner and make everything nice. And they're both yeah. kind of enjoying having Peggy there. It's- uh, Peggy needs to learn some fucking boundaries. Okay,
1: all right. So let's um, so let's before let's finish describing the episode before we talk about Peggy cuz like this took a direction I did not expect it to take in terms of my emotional uh response to it. So Peggy starts like cooking them dinner aggressively. Andy gets worried that she's trying to become his wife. Uh and then he just kind of decides that no, nah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh the, there's
0: the conflict in this is just like internally. It, it basically happens over two nights. Night one, she comes over; they have a dinner. Everything is is fine. Everything is nice. Then the next day, she comes in. She gives him lunch, and then Andy's like, "You know what? Uh, why don't you pump the brakes, Very politely suggests, "I think you should pump the brakes a little bit. I want to spend some time with my son." Then she comes over anyway. Yeah. And then Andy's just like, "Okay, this is fine," and that's no, it. Andy
1: and is very uncomfortable. Okay, so
0: at the Andy- end, at the end, he just decides, "You know what? I'm okay with this."
1: Andy, he gives up.
0: At the end, you kind of – giving the benefit of the doubt, right, It's that Andy's like, you know what? I'm okay with whatever this turns out to be. Yeah. The first time I watched this, I was like, oh, Andy's been introduced to the concept of a casual relationship. But the second time I watched it, I was like, no, Andy just kind of decides whatever. He just backtracks on his beliefs for no reason.
1: Okay, so – Andy is kind of under a misconception as a result of Floyd just kind of crawling into his ear and being an asshole. Floyd's
0: a fucking creep in this movie.
1: Peggy doesn't fucking know that. So what she gets from Andy is that he's like, hey, I'm not – he he says, like, I feel like we're taking advantage of you. You don't have to cook us dinner. You don't have to clean up after us. It's really fine. It's cool. You don't have to come over. And she's like, but I want to. You're not taking advantage of Andy is doing polite for hey, I'm not comfortable with this, yeah, back off a little bit, and she's
0: like, No, and then like he very clearly says, It's an excuse, it's not, it's not like the truth, but he very clearly says, Hey, don't come over tonight, I want to spend some time with my son because we don't get to spend a lot of time just us, yeah, which is true, like he's a single dad and he wants to spend time with his son, yes spending time with his son sucks because his son is a, a dipshit and yeah. they,
1: they have he has nothing in common with his son probably an issue that he should deal with
0: Yeah I mean there's a really kind of sad ep- ep- bit where like Opie's like so should we talk and they try to have a conversation and they don't really have anything to have a conversation with cuz he's a child Yeah and then it's just like kind you of Find
1: stuff, any good rocks lately which is
0: just more reason why they should spend time together yeah. and then but again as you pointed out she doesn't know that! She doesn't know that it, that they're having a rough time, and then
1: she shows up anyway. Okay. And, at one point, Opie, like, she starts putting herself in a maternal role for Opie real aggressively. Immediately. Like, hardcore, to the point that Opie is like, hey, can you come tuck me into bed? And she's, and Andy's like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that as a parent. And she's like, yes, I can do that. And she's not like, like, Andy, I really want to. She's like, I'll tell you what, Andy. No, I'll tell you what, Opie. Me and Andy will compromise. You'll go to bed right now, and I'll just tuck you in later. You know, compromise. So, like, she's basically being, like, an oh She might as well be like, like, oh, Miss Peggy, can you come tuck me into bed? And he's like, please. Miss Peggy is so formal. Call me mom. I mean, here's the thing.
0: Floyd's a weird little creep for this entire thing, and, like, Every time Peggy's brought up, he gets like weird, actively horny, like stroking his tie, like oh what a oh what a it's fine the, fi- he's, he's the like, worst. He character. He keeps talking about why she's such a fine, fine girl. You, I'd be happy to have her as a wife, but you should be upset that she's trying to become your wife. Like it doesn't make any g- goddamn sense.
1: Barney is a terrible character in that I find him deeply morally repulsive. Floyd is a terrible character in that I don't understand what the fuck he is, and he reful- like re- causes me revulsion. Like, he's like the blob monster at the end of Akira. Like, he's just like this, st- like, like, quarreling thing of just, like, flesh and tentacles. And I'm just like,
0: what are you? Okay, first off, it's Akira, you fucking weeaboo. It's, it's
1: technically pronounced Akira.
0: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, How they
1: in the original Japanese? I'm gonna give you sub, a wedgie. Subs not dubs, motherfucker. <laughs> And that's pretty much it, right? Like, I I, I can,
0: if we we break this down scene by scene, like, there's a bunch of stuff in here that's just filler. Uh, The bus driver gets mad at Aunt B and yells so hard that it knocks an earring loose. Opie is hearing
1: lies from the lying kid at school whose name is Johnny Paul Jason. Um, Who's telling him, basically just old wives, he's telling Opie that it's a good idea to chew on tar. Yeah. Which is, I feel like attempted murder a little bit.
0: I I will say my favorite part here is when they explain where Barney is uh, because Barney's on vacation. Mm -hmm. Opie's like, Well, what's he doing? What's he doing on vacation? And and Andy points out that, Well, he went to Raleigh and he's Mm -hmm. staying at the Y. He's staying at the YMCA, Mm -hmm. which, as far as I understand, uh, at that point means he's going for gay sex. Like that's as far as I can tell. That's what. Uh, until Does about, that
1: tradition go back as far as the '60s? I
0: don't know if it doesn't. Well, I mean that that song came out in like 1974, right? So, figure there was, it was probably well known by that point. Here's the deal: if if Barney wasn't going there for like hand jobs, what Andy actually describes is the most boring, sad existence possible, because he says that like. Oh, what he's gonna do is he's gonna book himself a room at the Y and uh you know, then he'll come down and have some coffee and talk to some of the fellas, watch some T V, maybe like watch a few ping pong games, and then it'll be dinner time and he might just go to the cafe at the Y and uh have himself a little sandwich and tacky pioca pudding. And I'm just like that the- Is this what you think happens at the Y? Because the gay sex <laughs> is so much better. Yeah. Like, why are you why are you on vacation?
1: This is why the the why exists. This is uh, it,
0: the way he describes it it sounds like it sounds like he went on vacation to Raleigh stayed in a hostel but never leaves the hostel.
1: I've honestly I'm not super familiar with the principle of the why outside of its gay sex function. What the fuck is a why? Is it just like a hotel? Is it just like a weird hotel?
0: I think it was at one point in time mo- mostly like a hostel. Uh, now the YMCA is, it's a gym. Like, I'm a member of my YMCA. Yeah. Um, It's like a community center, basically. Yeah, it's like a gym and a community center. But, like, I guess it was just, like, throughout the 50s, 60s, and 70s. uh,
1: I know it's a place you go when you're recently divorced. Yeah, it it was kind of like, it was kind of like the,
0: uh, it was like a halfway home, pretty much. Like, a place where you would bunk with a bunch of other men.
1: Do you think traditionally there's been, like some sort of relationship between the recently divorced guys and the guys that are there for a quick hookup?
0: I would say yes, and the word relationship has multiple meanings there.
1: I would say, do you think, like, it was a tumultuous situation where they would they they didn't get along, or do you think they kind of found, I like to think that they maybe found, like, some sort of peaceful, co- some nice coexistence. Uh,
0: it also, like, the, the actual lyrics to YMCA make it sound like a, a homeless shelter where you get gay sex. Because <laughs> it's just like, you know, you're in a new town. Pick yourself off the ground. There's a place you can go when you're short on your dough, and you will find many ways to have a good time. You will get yourself clean. You can have a good meal. You can do whatever you feel. Young man. So it's, it's, it was a place for men to be. It was yeah. just a men's club, but not like a gentleman's club, like Which a, is a homeless men's club.
1: Wait, is the why men only?
0: Originally it was, yes, it was the YMCA stands for the Young Men's Christian Association. <laughs>
1: huh. Learning so much about the YMCA. I mean,
0: you're hearing this from my weird recollection memory, but yes.
1: So that sounds like such a fucking bummer. <laughs> um, yeah, so all right, do you want to talk about fucking Peggy? Because I feel like we're overdue to talk about fucking Peggy. Because this is the most clear. We've gotten one thing about Peggy, which is she's rich. She's a little bit pushy. Yeah. She did not take no. She very much resisted being the,
0: ghosted. This is the second time that Peggy has not gotten a fucking hint.
1: Yeah. Peggy. All right. So this is the third AG girlfriend. Uh, There's this is Ellie and then Mary, Mary. And, and now Peggy. we got Peggy. Yeah. Like Ellie. R.I.P. Gone for not forgotten. Poor one out. She hate her I think her definitive characteristic was she hated her fucking boyfriend. Uh they were always she was always mad at him. They had a terrible relationship. Uh Mary's definitive characteristic was she didn't seem to totally be aware that she was in a relationship with Andy. I think Yeah. 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 And now Peggy is like Peggy's mean. Peggy's not a very good person. Peggy Kind of combines the the blandness of Mary and the spite of Ellie. Yeah, Peggy sucks. Peggy sucks shit. I fucking hate Peggy. I don't. What are they going for here? Like, you know what people really love in a love interest? Boundary issues. <laughs> and every time, like Andy's like, "Well, I guess I shouldn't have boundaries," and I'm like, "No, yeah." Here, here's the real problem with this is like this, this. The
0: conclusion of this does not end with Andy going, hey, listen, Floyd told me this thing, and it got in my head, and I kind of want to know, like, what you're... He does at one point just be like, why are you doing this? And she's like, because I want to. And, like, he should really be like, no, come on. Why are you really doing this? Yeah, Like, Floyd's a weird little creep, but he's not... ...proven wrong by the end of the episode. No. And if if, if there had just been, like, a small conversation... There would just been a small conversation where Andy was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what, what are you doing with this? Instead, here's what happens. Andy and Opie have a bad night together. They have a bad meal together. And they don't have any conversation. And so they're not enjoying it. And then Peggy shows up very specifically after being told not to show up. Yeah. And instead of being mad, Andy's like, cool, all right, well... And then everything suddenly becomes better. And Opie even asks, just like, what What happened? You weren't in a good mood. I didn't want to talk. We weren't having fun. And then Peggy showed up. And Andy's like, well, I guess it's just because there's a woman in the house. Yeah. And I- then he, and then he's just like, I guess I'm okay with this. Uh, yeah. And he says, we're just going to have fun and see – and that's it. It's,
1: he's, he's, his, his, his final conclusion is, well, it's better than the alternative. Yeah. That's not a good fucking point. And literally, if you had just – this, okay, this three lines of
0: dialogue between Andy and Peggy would have been fine because it would have given Andy a reason to change his mind.
1: Okay, but also you're you're kind of acting like not having anything to talk about with a nine year old boy is like a severe problem. It's a nine year old boy and he's an adult man. No, he's not going to be like. So what do you think of the economy today?
0: It, it, no, but I feel like like I don't know like you should be able to have a conversation I guess with your like son. talk about it's, what it's happened son. at school and they try that then they're just like school's fine and instead of asking more questions they just kind of stare at each other yeah and like I know that we all have those relationships with our
1: dads but we shouldn't I mean okay if you ask if you asked Opie, like so what are you interested in right now he'd be like frogs yeah he'd be like I found this collection of sticks and and it would be like cool like it's hard to talk are you kidding me? Are you
0: kidding me? And would be like, oh, that's a fine stick. Lay, lay this out. Let's compare the sticks. All right. So that's a good stick for, for poking things, and it is a good stick for scritching. Like, Actually,
1: yeah, this is a wildly out of character for him. He's yeah.
0: he's gonna talking to his fucking yeah, kid. It, it. everybody's behaving very weirdly yeah, in this episode. it's very... Is this really what happens when you remove Barney from the equation? Yeah. Everything else, like, sucks up the void? Yeah,
1: everybody has to be terrible to compensate for the lack of Barney. But, okay, so... When 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 it's become a becomes a thing about Andy having boundaries and her breaking the boundaries down, you would expect it to be like nineteen sixties boundaries, like I don't want to talk about my feelings or something like that. But it's like it's like, hey, I don't want you to insert yourself into a maternal role for my son. Like she's breaking down very valid boundaries by today's yeah, standards. Yeah,
0: like it's it's very and and. And even then, Andy clearly says, I'm not looking for a wife. I'm not, he tells Floyd, I'm not looking to get married right now. Yeah. I'm not looking for, the the whole thing is Andy being like, I don't want a relationship right now, which, however you feel about that, is just valid. Yeah. Like, he's clear about that to pretty much everyone but Peggy. He
1: tried to break up with her the last episode. Yeah, they're not good for each other. No. Fucking, man, like, it's just... I
0: have so many feelings about the relationships of characters yeah. on a show that has like, been off the air for 50 years.
1: It's very bad. It's surprising. <laughs> like, I mean, because it, what it really comes down to is like, how often do you see a TV show where like, they're just like, hey, check out this kick-ass relationship. And you're like, wow, that relationship sucks shit. And the show is like, great, I know, right? <laughs> It's awesome. It's one of those things. It's like Barney trying to cheat on his girlfriend, where it's just kind of like I've never fucking seen this before. I never <laughs> seen that. Yeah. Normally, when a sh- yeah. when a relationship on a TV show is ass, the show is like kind aware of- aware of how it's ass, with the notable exception of The Office. Uh,
0: well, you've you've got the like I'll wear them down trope, the the Stephen Urkel thing, where they just kind of like annoy you into dating them. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. So that's. So it's not always that the show understands the relationships are ass, but it's not, like, this and, blatant about it.
1: And it took us a really long time to realize that Jim and Pam was a bad relationship. Like, it took us, like, a lot of YouTube videos to put two and two a together. A lot of
0: people had to write a lot of think pieces for it.
1: Yeah, which it's just immediately apparent. From one episode, there's, like, oh, wow, these people are fucking doomed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so I guess that's all we're Ratings. <laughs> Ratings. Um, FIFO-Meter.
0: Five meters a six for me on this because it's really celebrating like a fucking like ruining of boundaries.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's very unhealthy. I'm gonna put it at a six too, and um just going to note the distinct lack of bear.
0: You gotta gotten some real Andy Meter points if you just included a bear. If Peggy had been mauled by a bear, <laughs> <I> would
1: have ruled <laughs> like just Andy just being like, listen, Peggy, bear. Okay, so Andy Meter, uh, I put my head down on the table. <laughs> while watching this and oh we should mention there's oh, no. an abusively long guitar playing oh scene. yeah it's a good old season one song no it makes a season one song look like a season two song it's
0: so long it's
1: in i did so i did not hit next i took the cursor and i dragged it down that red bar and i was like I'm gonna have to backtrack to where the song ends, and it, she was still fucking singing. It goes on forever. And then I was like, all right, let's drag it a little bit further. Wow, we're way into the episode. and then it was still going, and I caught the tail end of it. It was like five fucking minutes because there's no story here. No. So Andy episode, Andy Meter is a I'm gonna say a, a four, three.
0: A two. Right. I can't. I'm gonna so put it on a
1: three. It's a three. No bear. No bear. Yeah. Uh I think do we just from now on do like like buffs? <laughs> 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 like like it's a uh, three plus two for bear. <laughs> Plus one for Otis. <laughs> yes, yes, you get plus one for Otis. That's not that different from how we've been rating
0: things so far, yeah. obviously. So that's it for these uh, for this pair of episodes. Uh, as always, if you have questions, comments, you want to hear something from us, if you want to say something to us, you want to say it to my fucking face.
1: Yeah, you got something <laughs> to say? You say it to Marty. <laughs> uh,
0: you can also say it at, on Twitter, at BreakMayberry. You can email us, BreakingMayberry, at gmail.com. You can uh, get at us. On Facebook.com slash Breaking Mayberry. On Instagram, we are Breaking Mayberry. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, I am at Schneid Remarks. That is S C H N E I D Remarks.
1: Uh, on LinkedIn, I am <laughs> LinkedIn.com backslash Dan Ludwig 414.
0: That's gonna.
1: Are you sure you want to do that, my man? <laughs> One of our people already found me.
0: <laughs> okay. Our music is done by Max Ludwig, who is online at Sleep Talkie. Our Patreon is on Patreon.com/slash/BreakingMayberry. I think that's about it for stuff we got to plug. Yeah, we don't really have anything else. We'll see you all down at the fishing hole.
1: Yeah, I'll come back now.